Sing Second Nation, the famous pro wrestler Vader, and say, it's time. It's time. It's Vader time. But in this instance, it's game week. It's time. College football is officially back. It's game week. Week zero. At some point, there's got to be a week before week zero game. I don't know what you'd call that. But week zero is finally upon us. And there's a a handful of games, not too many great intriguing matchups, but uh, we will talk about a few few tonight. Um, the, this is kind of the best part about the early part of the season is because, yes, we have games on Saturday, but then there's the potential for an FCS game if you're interested on Wednesday and then Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday. And so once we get to this Saturday, there will be college football for the foreseeable future, especially in the next coming days. Uh, speaking of Big Van Vader, he played center at the University of Colorado and was a third-round draft pick by the by the Rams. Um, so it wasn't quite out of left field there on that intro. But before we kick off um, this college football season, I kind of want to do maybe uh, – touch upon a few games to watch every week. And so uh, maybe do my top five and maybe a one for one to consider for you guys out there, the listeners uh, to maybe broaden your horizons of, of the college football landscape. Uh, But since the first week zero slate is pretty slim, we'll narrow that down. I'll give you three games to tune into. Um, There are a few that were in consideration but three that I will definitely be watching come week zero Saturday, which is the 27th. Uh, before I jump into the games, though, I figured out my Nebraska land snack already for Saturday. Um, we are having dinner the other night, um, and we had this amazing, and I know it's going to sound weird saying it, but this amazing cheap, easy hamburger helper that was an amazing cheese dip. Um, it was the Cheesy Ranch uh, pasta one. I don't even know what it was called. I just know it has the ranch in the name, but it was amazing. And so for roughly five bucks or whatever, that's what I'm going to be snacking on all Saturday throughout this three-game stretch. Uh, the first game will go in reverse order is Vanderbilt. At Hawaii. Now, this is a 9.30 kickoff on CBS Sports. And um, obviously, Hawaii may not be one that you are uh, so interested in. But the matchup is intriguing. A, because there's an SEC school flying across the nation, flying across the ocean, to Hawaii. Hawaii doesn't pull a lot of power five schools to, to the island if it's out, out of conference. So I think that's pretty big. Uh, Vanderbilt, obviously not the cream of the crop in the SEC, but still in the top conference, taking its talents to the Pacific Islands. Now, this matchup is intriguing for another reason. Uh, both coaches are coaching at their alma mater and so us here in nebraska we know all about 
a coach coaching as alma mater for Hawaii, year one, Timmy Chang. Okay. Played quarterback Hawaii. Pretty darn good. Threw the ball all over the field. Clark Lee, D coordinator for a long time. Returns to Vanderbilt in a, in a position to hopefully turn the corner and make Vanderbilt a little bit more competitive and in the SEC get to a bowl game. This is his second year, and this game is important for Vanderbilt because just looking at their schedule, if they don't go 4-0, they're going to struggle the rest of the way because they open at Hawaii, then Elon, the Phoenix, then they take on Wake Forest, and they go to Northern Illinois. So Wake Forest obviously had a great year last year. Uh, their quarterback is out. And so um, there's, that's a game that Vandy may be able to steal um, against Wake Forest. They can go through those four, 4-0. I think it says a lot because week five is Bama. Week seven is Ole Miss. Week eight at Georgia. Week nine at Mizzou. Okay, maybe that might be winnable, but after facing Bama and Georgia and Ole Miss in three or four weeks, then going on the road to Mizzou, that's not easy. Then week 11, South Carolina. Week 12, basketball school, Kentucky. Week 13, Florida. Week 14, Tennessee. That's a pretty darn tough schedule. Now, what makes it even exponentially harder is Vanderbilt does not play Vanderbilt on that schedule, and so they're naturally going to have a much harder schedule. And so that, again, is a nightcap, CBS Sports, if you have that uh, that station. Uh, I think that will be uh, an interesting matchup simply for the fact of two programs who have struggled, uh, all modern coaches coming back, trying to change right the ship. My second matchup to check out in week zero is intriguing. If you know anything about the Sing Second podcast, um, when we've talked in the past, Brandon being from the state of Wyoming, Kyle, his mascot from high school, ripped off the state of Wyoming. And I just like, I like North Dakota State. Head coach Craig Bull has been at Wyoming for a while, but uh, kind of started the dynasty that is North Dakota State. Um, so that's Wyoming at Illinois. And so this is the first year, first ever meeting between Wyoming and Illinois. I think that's pretty impressive in today's age. Uh, Illinois, Brett Bilema, head coach in his second year at Illinois, going to change some things up because, um, hey, they've got a new quarterback in. I'll probably be able to do that. But that's not going to be the old Wisconsin ground and pound that you may be familiar with. Um, they've got kind of an intriguing schedule because they open with a completely different Wyoming team than what we've seen in the past. Then they go to Indiana for an early Big Ten schedule, scheduled game. Then they host Virginia, a, Bron- a Bronco Mendenhall list Virginia. Then they host Chattanooga. Then they host Iowa. They're at Wisconsin. They host Minnesota. They're at Nebraska. They host Michigan State. They host Purdue. They're at Michigan. They're at Northwestern. So maybe by the end of their schedule, they can uh, win the ones they're supposed to and be competitive in the one they're not supposed to be. 
that last Northwestern game may be important to get to bowl eligible. And I think that'd be huge for Brett Bielema in his second year. Wyoming, on the other hand, is a totally revamped team. Okay, They've got a tough schedule if you look at it in Mountain West play. Uh, at Illinois week one, at a pretty decent Tulsa team week two, hosting Northern Colorado week three, hosting Air Force, which is always a tough game, at BYU, who is going to be pretty decent this year, hosting San Jose State, that's no slouch anymore. They go to New Mexico, which may be the most favorable game on the mat, on the schedule, but having that on the road, that might be one you want on the, on the home field. They host Utah State, who their starting quarterback transferred to this year. Then they go to Hawaii, always a game maybe you want at home. They go to Colorado State. They host Boise State. And they go to Fresno State. So not that the Mountain West is a great, great league, but Wyoming is getting no love and maybe a long season just looking at it that way. Like I mentioned a few seconds ago, they do not – their starting quarterback uh, transferred to Utah State this year. They have no quarterback on the roster with major experience at the University of Wyoming. That's going to be uh, tough for the Cowboys this year because they've struggled at the quarterback position in the last few years. And so to not even have a quarterback that has a, a lot of experience, that could spell trouble. And, yes, they want to run the ball, and, yes, they want to be very pro style, but having a quarterback that can get them in the right play, put the ball where it needs to go at the right time, uh, does a lot for it. Their number two running back, Titus Swin, is back. He had 785 yards rushing last year. The number one running back, and you're going to see this be a theme, the number one running back transferred to Arizona State. And obviously, um, from the Mountain West, the Pac-12, you'd say that's a step up for that running back. Great job. Awesome. Earned it. Uh, but it leaves Wyoming in kind of a tough situation. Wide receiver core kind of looks the same way. The number two receivers back, Joshua Cobbs, but he only had 25 receptions. So that's roughly two and a half reception per game, two receptions per game uh, for 245 yards. So only averaging about 10 yards per catch, a little under 10 yards per catch. So that's, that's going to be tough. They're going to have to look for um, a, a matchup or someone to break through so that way they can find some production. Because the number one receiver from last year, uh, he transferred to the University of Texas and then ended up getting injured. Um, which is, which is unfortunate, but Craig Bull is going to have his hands full in his ninth year at, at Wyoming, trying to find an identity, um, a leader who, who they can really hang their, their hat on and, and move the ball and score some points because uh, their schedule is tough. And when, and when you don't have some of those favorable matchups at home or you're playing the top, at home, that can be kind of tough on on the on the fans, on the players, and everyone surrounding that Wyoming program. Now, getting into our number one matchup, um, and this will probably have some stake in most weeks. We'll probably take week one off uh, because Nebraska plays in uh, North Dakota, but the week zero matchup is Nebraska versus Northwestern. Um, it's eleven thirty kickoff on Fox, kind of the big noon. Fox kickoff, but 
the game is not in Illinois on the campus of Northwestern. No, no, no. It's not at Soldier Field where the Bears play in Chicago. No, no, no. It is in Ireland. And obviously, you uh, if you follow anything about college football, you know that this game is going to take place in Ireland. Um, but everything, every time I see a Nebraska-Northwestern matchup, you know it's going to be ugly. And usually it's ugly because it's going to be a, a three, a five, maybe a one-point game, maybe at the most a touchdown score, maybe 10 points. Last year, woof, Nebraska, who struggled to run the ball, ran all over Northwestern. They beat them 56-7. to Okay, Now that's very unlike Northwestern. In this matchup, it's very uncharacteristic of a Northwestern defense ran by Pat Fitzgerald, who is the fifth longest tenured coach in the nation. Okay, um, We've talked about Nebraska a quite a bit um, through Twitter, uh, through our last couple of podcasts, bringing up some of the um, people coming back, some of the transfers coming in. Casey Thompson was named starting quarterback, which is probably no surprise. Um, but this is, this is a matchup that is intriguing for a couple of different reasons. Um, Northwestern has a maybe more unknowns in Nebraska, which if you live in the state of Nebraska, um, the teams have been polarizing. They're all question marks. They're all overrated, whatever the case may be. But um, Northwestern coming off a year where they were three and nine, kind of a big disappointment because in 2020 they went seven and two. But that kind of mirrors how some of Pat Fitzgerald's teams go because in 2018, in 2017, they won. They went 10 and three and nine and three, and then in 2019, they went three and nine. They were the big. They were in the Big Ten championship game in 2018, going nine and three. Then in 2019, went three and nine, like I just said. 2020 bounced back, went seven and two. Last year, they went three and nine. Okay, that that that's kind of a weird all or nothing that Northwestern's been in the last few years, but usually they're very consistent and that's seven and five, eight and four, nine and three range. And so, you know, they're always really, really competitive and defense is um, a, a specialty under Pat Fitzgerald. He played linebacker for Northwestern. Uh, he's very defensive minded, obviously. And so what had happened last year is they went from second in yards per play in the big 10 to last in yards per play in the Big Ten last year. And that was obvious um, if you watched that 56-7 to seven loss to Nebraska. And so there's a couple of glaring parts that stand out when you look at numbers from last year, statistics from last year, anything and everything like that. Because only 39% of their production offensively is back from last year. And that ranks 126 out of 130 teams. Um, that's not good when you already s- struggled to score points to get yards in any, any, in any way, whether it be through the air or on the ground. Um, last year, they had three quarterbacks who, who threw at least 75 attempts. That's usually not good. Um, people complain about having two quarterback system. Well, Northwestern at times looked like they were a three quarterback system and that's never good um and so 
the quarterback Ryan Helinski is the only one back from that three, uh, that tricycle of quarterbacks. Obviously, injuries played a big role, but Ryan Helinski is back. Um, he's he's been at a couple of stops and hopefully a big season from him. Now, running back wise, uh, Evan Hull, he was a thousand yard rusher and he was the real deal. He'll be definitely a draft pick in this year's draft. Um, Northwestern has had some good running backs in the past. Uh, Jaron Jackson or Justin Jackson is is one that uh, ran over Nebraska a few years ago. Um, the number two receiver Malik uh, Washington is back. Uh, he's a uh, he's five nine. He had forty four catches for five hundred and seventy eight yards last year. He's a uh, he's kind of that slot scat back type of guy, and so um, they have a couple weapons that I think can definitely make guys miss and things like that. So Nebraska's defense, which was his strength last year, has a couple couple of things to, to cue in on. Now, if we look at Northwestern's schedule, they have some interesting games. Um, a, a win against Nebraska will obviously go a long ways. Uh, a, a, a team that went 3-9 and nine last year, the a team that went three and nine last year is looking for that uh, that step in the right direction, and so a win against Nebraska, one and zero. Then they host Duke in week two. They have a week one bye. That should be a very winnable game. Uh, Duke will be playing KU that next time. Then they host Southern Illinois, a, a good competitive team in the FCS, but you would think that would translate. Um, after that, a game at Penn State, which will be obviously a dogfight and tough to compete. Penn State will be pretty darn good this year. Uh, getting Wisconsin at home is huge. And uh, then going to Maryland, a winnable game uh, in the eyes of Northwestern quite a bit. But uh, going to Iowa, Iowa will be tough. Hosting Ohio State, at least they get Ohio State at home. At Minnesota, you would think would be winnable. At Purdue, winnable. Hosting Illinois to end this season, winnable. And so um, Northwestern, depending on how this first game goes in the Air Lingus Football Classic, could be the start of something of a, of a good bounce back from Northwestern. And so um, Pat Fitzgerald never has two bad seasons in a row. And I think that says a lot about his coaching and the program he's created at Northwestern. So uh, those are the three games this week that's watched. Next week we'll be back, uh, hopefully with like a top five watch list, um, because week one usually has some big matchups like a Notre Dame, Ohio State, um, Florida State, LSU's next week, and so there's Oregon, Georgia. I can't forget about that one. So definitely a lot more football to talk about next week. Um, but reach out Twitter. We'll be posting on the way through, but it's back. We're here. The off season has been long. We finally have a quarterback decision that we know about. And we're going to truly find out who's going to start of singing second. <laughs>